0: Hi, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. We've got a fun one for you today. I'm going to be chatting with Rachel Lubavitsky, the CEO of SetUply. We're going to be talking about client onboarding and why that's an area that you should be spending more time thinking about. Uh, Rachel, thanks so much for taking the time to connect with me. My
1: pleasure. Thanks, Greg.
0: So to kick things off, let's uh, start with just an introduction of yourself and a little bit more about SetUply for people who haven't heard of you before.
1: Sure. Uh, So Setoply, Start with Setoply, is a client onboarding automation platform. Uh, We are a software solution that helps companies transform new customers into the brand advocates through seamless onboarding. And uh, my partners and I are serial B2B entrepreneurs, very passionate about technology and the role that technology plays in having really amazing, amazing personal and professional experiences.
0: Cool. So I think this is an area, as I mentioned, that this is a lot of companies don't spend enough time thinking about. People focus on building good technology, which is, of course, very important. They focus on acquiring customers, also, of course, very important. But what you actually do once you've signed the dotted line and you've got that customer is also extremely important. Can you start by talking us through some of the ways that people are are getting this wrong right now and what some of those potential ripple effects could be of getting it wrong?
1: Sure. So a lot of the uh, solution providers operate under this assumption that once the customer signs the dotted line, they're yours. In reality, was the way that the world moves so fast these days. Until they are onboarded, until they're able to start reaping the benefits of your offerings, it's very possible that they may or will leave uh, You know, get attracted by a competitor, get attracted by somebody offering faster gratification on something else. So the one assumption that a lot of providers have that will potentially cause them to lose business is becoming complacent at that point instead of really, really focusing on getting the customer into their offering as quickly as possible so they are then becoming truly yours.
0: Yeah, and I think it's spot on because there is this idea, I've signed the contract, that customer is mine, but we know things can change. You know, it's always competitors who are coming in. Many contracts are signed on sort of a let's try it out basis. And they're not really converted into, as you said earlier, those kind of brand advocates, brand champions that you need them to be to develop that biggest picture relationship. How does Uply help companies succeed in that area when it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of ways it could go a little sideways?
1: Um. So we're kind of looking at the onboarding challenge uh, multidimensionally to really convert the customer, you kind of have to approach it from the perspective of, hey, uh, let's get their historical data, let's say maybe in a banking industry, it's financial transactions, it's it's their reports, analytics, prior data, let's uh, get that from, from wherever they might be storing and um, transform it, validate it into the new solution providers formats, getting it in. It's Keeping the clients engaged and supportive during this this potentially a process that could take several months. That's the second thing. Keeping your knowledge workers, your onboarding team uh, on top of it, following up with customers, making sure that they are engaged and providing the data and moving the process forward, really. And the last piece is the process. Uh, making sure that you have a repeatable scalable process for every new relationship. Yes, they are very, they could be very special and very unique. Every customer is. But making sure that you have a solid set of predictable guardrails to move the process for, forward is ultimately what what sort of makes the whole thing work.
0: Yeah, and it's something that's really important because a lot of financial institutions perceive this friction that comes with adopting new technologies. And I think there is always going to be some friction when you're bringing something new and you highlighted a lot of places where that friction comes from. But the more you can streamline that process, the sooner you can start delivering value, um, the easier it becomes then for those financial institutions to say, hey, this is actually easy. We can start to engage with new technologies uh, much more quickly than we were expecting to. Um, and it can become something, you know at, at any point, you can reduce a pain point for your potential customers. It's always a good thing. One question I had as you were speaking there, um, you were talking about kind of how each customer, each company is unique. Um, so how, how do you kind of approach that from the Setuply side with the idea that, you know, there's tons of different kinds of companies out there. They can't all have the same onboarding process. How do you systemize something which is inherently, you know, has to be a little bit different uh, each time you use that system?
1: So having a system gives you the, the tools, the foundation, uh, to sort of create a, a process uh, and a, a major part of the process is the initial discovery where you connect, you get to know your customer, understand their needs, understand where they're coming from, what were their processes and then work together with them to translate all these things into the new ways of doing things uh, supporting them from through the uh, change management experience that then their entire team might be going through during this onboarding process. And so having a process in place that consists of predictable stages like information gathering and a formal kickoff, the regular follow-ups throughout the process to make sure they are on board, they're with you, they're, they're collaborating, thinking together about the rollout plan, which may be different for every organization that you're dealing with based on their culture, based on the product and offering that they're getting. Uh, and ultimately collaborating together on what that final sign-off go-life experience is going to be. So each one of these stages, even though the stage itself may be predictable, uh, will be predictable, uh, can evolve to really align with the customer so they don't feel like they're another number um, that, that's sort of being, being pushed through the conveyor belt to the finish line. It really feels unique and special while also sustainable to the solution provider.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. I, I want to switch gears a little bit. There's something we've talked about previously before we got on this call, and that's product-led growth or PLG. Um, can you start by just telling
1: us what PLG is? PLG is this fantastic uh new uh, construct, maybe not so new, where uh, which started in the B2C space where customer, uh, the consumer is able to start experiencing the benefits of a product very quickly. So think about the products that you were able to experience and get a free trial on something like Zoom or Spotify. Uh, You're able to get, get up and running. You did not have to deal with a salesperson. You didn't have to have somebody train you. You're able to Um, Get in, start using it, uh, make it yours, and maybe at this point it becomes something that's really integral to your life to the point that when the vendor comes in later and says, hey, uh, you know, at this point the trial is over and we have to potentially charge you for this. You know, this at this point, this product is so much a part of your life that you know you actually go ahead and, and start paying for it. It becomes kind of a an actual subscription paid paid uh, experience. So what originated in the B2C space has now transitioned into the B2B experiences where a lot of the B2B providers are thinking about how to deliver that. Addictive, that immediate gratification type of experience to their corporate customers. And some of the good examples here are uh, companies like HubSpot. And so we encourage our customers to think about approaching how they deliver their customer experiences in the same way. But where it's not possible immediately, where it's still an ongoing journey, at the very least, what they can do is reduce that friction, that barrier that's in place. until they have onboarded their customer with our solutions.
0: It's a really interesting concept and it makes total sense. I think we've all been in that kind of situation where you start using something and you think, oh, this is actually really helpful. And then you get to the point where I can't imagine living without it. And then at that point, um, you know, the, typically when the prices go up a little bit, right? That's that's kind of how which is fair enough. You're providing a good service. So how exactly does that apply um in in the setuply space? How are you kind of guiding your customers into you know thinking about PLG or, or how does setuply uh kind of guide people towards uh, that that technique based on how you have the
1: product set up? So from our standpoint, taking a kind of a bigger picture, uh our job as setuply is to help uh, reduce that onboarding cycle for our customers, to help uh, convert their customers to the truly brand advocates as quickly as possible by facilitating uh, the data gathering, by facilitating uh, the customer engagement, by making their data move through quicker. So it's it's reducing the span of the entire process. Uh, it's also a constant thought in our mind what else can we do with our solution to make it more uh, natural, intuitive to every member of our customers, the solution, so the solution providers team, as well as their clients, their sales teams, um, and other members of their team. So that process, we're not creating f- friction, we're eliminating the barriers. And then taking another view at the solution providers. Uh, If and when they're able to start making their products more attainable for their customers, uh, the customers will start enjoying the benefits faster. And again, it will drive retention and advocacy um, and ultimately, high value for everybody involved.
0: No, it, it makes so much sense when you say it like that. It just it is so logical the progression there. So, um, we're, we're coming up on the end of our time. I want to close by by zooming way out and and let's kind of paint a pretty picture. Let's imagine that Setuply is successful beyond your wildest dreams. What does the fintech ecosystem look like? Um, how, how different is that world from where we are today?
1: Well, with uh, Customers being able to experience the benefits of uh, fintech products faster, they're going to become more efficient, uh, more capable, more comfortable uh, in being, bo- being able to reap the benefits to uh, make financial decisions, uh, to take out loans, to open up new bank accounts. So, overall, uh, we're going to experience benefits as consumers across the entire market. So, ultimately, uh, providing better, faster uh, onboarding experiences to the fintech space elevates the entire industry.
0: Yeah, and ultimately, I think it's the end users who really benefit there because it becomes more possible for financial institutions to bring new technologies. It becomes more easy for the companies who are providing those technical solutions to get their products in front of the people who will end up using them. And ultimately, the consumers themselves are the ones who now have more financial tools at their disposal. So um, it's a really interesting product. It's a, it's a really good space to be thinking about. If you haven't already been thinking about your onboarding process, I would highly encourage you to do so. Um, and, and do check out Setuply, setuply.com for more information. And I've been talking to Rachel Lubavitsky. Thank you again so much for taking the time to connect.